Let's open our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls in that posture of receiving. Maybe there's one word, one phrase, maybe even a thought that connects to you that, that God is asking you just to grab on to today, to chew on for a little bit. And let's hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the book of Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go, go from your country, your kindred, your father's house. Your country, your kindred, your father's house. To the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Please put your hands together for our now friend. We're just calling you friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Will. Good morning, everyone. So excited to be here with you. Um, for those of you who've never been with me before, I ask a lot of questions. So I'll just give you a heads up right now. I'm going to be asking a ton of questions. Um, so um, could we get back up uh, verses one and two, please? Thank you. OK, so the very first words that the Lord says to Abram here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, usually say something like, go or depending on your translation, go forth, or leave, or get out, or as the old King James says, get thee out. Um, now, when you hear those words, that sounds rather what? Demanding. Demanding. Ooh, okay, good. Demanding. Good. What else do you hear? What's the tone sound like? Aggressive. Yeah, right? Not, not very what? Not very, not very friendly, not very gentle, right? Exactly. Now, this is where um, there's just one small thing, which is it doesn't say that. Um, the very first words, uh, yeah, um, the very first words that the Lord says to Abram, if you're reading this in Hebrew, what it would literally say is lech lecha, lech lecha. And lech lecha literally means walk to yourself. Walk to yourself. Now, when you hear walk to yourself, what do you hear? Invitation. Ooh, yes, good, good. More, invitation, amen. Return, good. Ah, louder please. Encouragement. Ah, ooh, look within. Okay, right? An invitation, encouragement to look within. Now, one of the things, meaning walk to yourself, um, is in part about who? Yourself. But it's also, right, it's also very much about who? Louder, please. God, good, and... Amen, 100%. And more. Who God has what? The sacred within and around. Ooh, the sacred within and around. Oh, yeah. 
I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right? Amen. Uh, that's much better said than I was going to say, right? Who God has created me to be. And I want just one of the ways that's most helpful to figure out, you know, a part of our, for lack of a better term, our identity or our purpose or our calling, a part of that will actually be embedded in our name. And that's where, whenever reading pretty much any passage in Scripture, one of the most helpful things to do is to know the meaning of a person's name, because in that is a piece of their identity, their purpose, their calling. Um, now, for Abram, Abram's name literally means father of many or father of nations or father of multitudes. Now, here's a guy named father of many, father of nations, father of multitudes, and in Genesis chapter 12, uh, anyone happen to know how old Abram is? 75 years old, absolutely right, good job. And he has how many children? <laughs> Zero, right? Okay, right, meaning here we are with a guy named father of many, father of nations, father of multitudes, and he has exactly Zero children. Ooh. Um, and if my name was father of many or father of nations or father of multitudes, uh, and I have zero kids and I'm 75 years old, that might start to feel rather what? Awkward. What did you say? A misnomer. Ooh, yes. SAT word. Yes. Um, awkward. Misnomer. Oh, okay. Louder, please. Unfulfilled. Right? And I might feel like I haven't really been doing what in my life? Procreating, yes. <laughs> Certainly true, right? Certainly haven't done that, right? No procreating. Yep, absolutely. Haven't been procreating, and I maybe haven't been really doing what? Ah, what God put me on earth for. Right? And it's not as if it's real life, right? Imagine if one of the names that's helpful today to think of a name like joy, whenever you meet someone named joy, you think of joy, right? Because the word means joy. But if you were to hear Abram, you know, Abram's coming to town, you wouldn't just hear Abram's coming to town. You'd hear father of many, father of nations, father of multitudes is coming. And you could imagine when he comes into town, people go, hey, father of nations. How are those nations doing? And it might even start to feel a bit what? Every time you heard your name. Shame. Ugh. And as we said, unfulfilled. Right, that shame unfulfilled. And this is where I want to suggest one of the hardest things for Abram in Genesis chapter 12, as he hears these words from the Lord, is to not lose what? Hope. I heard several people say hope. Okay. And this is where the word hope um, is really one of those incredibly helpful words in biblical Hebrew, the word hope. Um, the word hope in Hebrew is the word tikva. Tikva, usually spelled something like T-I-K-V-A-H, tikva. And tikva literally means hope. But this is where Hebrew is a bit different in how the language works, and that Hebrew is a root-based structure of language. So most words in Hebrew have a one, a two, a three, a four, a five-letter root, but all of them have a root. And when you get down to the root of the word, you really hit the core concept that underlies the idea and then the language builds upon itself. So tikva, which means hope, has a root. And the root of the word for tikva is the word kav. Kav, it's just that before we get to what kav means, um, usually when people say they're hoping, they're hoping for what? Blessing something good. 
And it's usually not only that I'm hoping for something, I'm also hoping for it to happen usually when. Now. Oh, wow, now, you, you're patient, I wanted it yesterday. <laughs> uh, right. At the very least now, at the uh, most I can bear is soon, Right? I mean, it's not often that times we're hoping just for something or something good or blessing. Right? We want it to happen now, please. But this is where that word for hope, the root of this word for hope, tikva, this word kav, literally means to wait. To wait. Meaning embedded in the concept of hoping, I would know that there would be what? Time waiting, right? Meaning, and then the question becomes, as we're hoping, what? Ah, louder, please. How much? How much time, right? How long will I be waiting? But the notion of there being no waiting, it's kind of just literally the root of the word to hope. And of course, you said the beautiful question of how long, how much time, right? Because as Abram hears these words, you know, walk to yourself. He's 75 years old, and he has zero children, and it's going to be how long before he even has one child? So close. What'd you say? A little bit less. A little less. <laughs> ah, that's when he has his first child with who? Well, 24 when he has a child with who? Sarah. But until he has his first child, is going to be how long? Sorry, not to nitpick. Ah, so close. 11 years. 11. Sorry, I know. Sorry. It was right there. It was right there. I know. Sorry. Um, 11 years. Um, he's 11. He's 86 when Ishmael is born with Hagar. Right? I mean, it's going to be 11 years until he has his first child. But you were absolutely right. Until he has his second child with Sarah, his first with Sarah, second overall for him, will be how many years? 25 years. Gang, 25 years. And I want to suggest the challenge for Abram over those 25 years is to what? <sighs> to trust, to keep his faith. Good, more. To not lose hope, right? To trust, keep his faith, to not lose hope in that waiting. Because sometimes God says to us something, and when God says it to us, it happens when? Right away. And sometimes it takes, as was said beautifully back there, 25 years. Right? And what's really hard is, as was said, to, to trust, to not lose faith, to not lose hope, however long that time might be. I'm not trying to say that's easy, um, but one of the real challenges. And as we think about, too, for Abram, not losing hope and waiting, oftentimes when people hear the word waiting uh, nowadays, if someone tells you to wait, just wait, wait right there, you just got to wait. They're usually telling you to do what? Nothing, <laughs> right? Do nothing, meaning I'm supposed to just literally do nothing, right? Kind of sit back, meaning waiting as a concept um, in English is a very kind of what posture that we would then take. 
passive, right? Wildly passive. It's just that waiting in Hebrew isn't passive. It's actually very, very active, meaning it's real life, and what do I got to do for the 25 years that I'm waiting? What was that? Good. More. What was that? Hope. Be a blessing. Amen. Good. More. It's real life. What do I got to do every day? Work. Thank you. Right? I got to work. We, we got to go, like, go to a whole new place that God's going to show us. And we got to settle down. And we got to build our house. And we got to farm. And we got to cultivate the land. And I got to save a lot. Like how many times? And, <laughs> right? You know, uh-huh. I mean, there's a lot to do. Meaning it's waiting. But it's actually a very active kind of waiting. Not passive. And I want just in those 25 years, we're going to be spending a whole lot of time doing what the very first words God says to Abram in verse 1. Walking to ourself. And this is where um, one of the things, too, that's helpful just in thinking about the names is how names work. Um, not only that they have a meaning, but kind of how they function and operate and what it means to walk to ourselves. Um, so Abram's name, father of many, father of nations, father of multitudes. It might sound like his name is really all about who? Me, myself, and I. But this is where how names work just kind of function differently in biblical Hebrew, um, because even though it is a dimension of my identity, a dimension of my purpose, a part of my calling, the way names work. Um, so. One of the names that's very helpful to think about is Noah. Um, Noah, or Noach in Hebrew. Noach, Noah. Anyone happen to know what the name Noah, Noach in Hebrew literally means? What was it? What was it? Boat builder. Really good guess, right? That would make a lot of sense. Boat builder would make the most sense. Yeah. Yeah, we can get to why that'll make even funnier in a moment. Um, Comfort. So here we have a guy named Comfort, um, which is very interesting for a guy named Comfort because Comfort is going to be asked to do what when he's roughly 500 years old? Ah, get very uncomfortable and literally build the boat, build the ark. And it's going to take him roughly how long to build that ark, give or take? Anyone know how many years? 100 years, exactly, there we go. Um, roughly 100 years to build the ark. And over the course of that 100 years, he's also going to have to do what as he's building that ark? Ah, get all the animals, right? Okay, and then they're going to, is it going to just be Noah and the animals who get into the ark? No, who else goes in the ark? His family, ah, right? Noah and his wife and their three sons and their three wives. And Noah and his family and all the animals are going to be in the ark for roughly how long? It rains 40 days, 40 nights, but actually the waters swell, they increase, they have to decrease, decrease some more, and they're going to be on the ark for roughly a year. And guess what you get to do with your family in that ark for a year? Take care of the animals, right? And it's not just like the petting zoo side of feed the animals, pet the animals. What else do you have to do if you're feeding them? clean up after them, right? And you get to do this lovely cleaning up with the animals, all expense paid vacation with your incredible in-laws. <laughs> yeah. 
Hmm. Um, right? And we get to do this, and I love my family very much. The notion of being in an enclosed structure with them for a year where I could not ever do what? Leave. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, does not sound like the most fun thing. Um, meaning I want to suggest the life of comfort doesn't sound all that what? Comfortable, right? Meaning it's not necessarily about comfort, feeling comfortable. It's about comfort what? Ah, oh, louder please. Comforting others. Living out who God has created him to be. Right? Meaning our names are actually not all about who. Our names are largely about who? Who God has created us to be. And you said who we influence, right? Um, thank you. Oh, beautiful, right? Meaning, and it's not to say that we're nothing in this equation, but the notion that there, it's my name, it's my identity, my purpose, my calling, the me, myself, and I show, um, how we serve others who God has created us to be. Meaning, here we are looking at a guy, father of many, father of nations, father of multitudes, and yet I want to suggest his name is really about who? Everybody but him, and really about being the what? Ah, okay. Being the comforter, and literally, if you're a Brahm, being the? Being the father, right? That is his job. But this is where, um, as we think about walk to yourself, and that poem, uh, just beyond yourself, was actually so fitting, so, so fitting, it was ah, just lovely, um, in thinking about what this looks like, right? Walk to yourself. This is a walk that's going to take what for a Brahm? Time. And I was just literally what? This walk to yourself. Faith, hope. What did you say? Yeah, there's going to be some time in there that feels... And it's going to take how long? Louder, please. The rest of his life. Thank you. Right? This is not a walk, I want to suggest, that necessarily ends. Right? This is a lifelong walk to yourself. The rest of his life. Thank you. Right? Because if we think about Abram, um, it says there in verse 2, um, there's so much in verse 1, uh, time. Yeah. Um, it's verse 2. Um, it says, I will make of you a great nation. Right? Now, usually when people read, I will make of you a great nation, they think great is talking about what? Ah, well, say it again, please. That's what it's actually talking about, right? A big nation. This word great um, in Hebrew is the word gadol. Um, and gadol literally means great or big or large. Therefore, it's not necessarily talking about what? Power or what do you say? Wealth. And what was it back there? General quality. Thank you, right? It's not saying you're going to be so much better than everyone else. Right? It, I will make of you a great, big, large nation. Exactly. It's not, meaning we're right talking more quantity than quality, not to say the quality's bad, but just we're, this is a quantity word here, more than a quality word of what the implications and the connotations are to this word, gadol, great, in verse 2. Therefore, I will make of you a big, large nation. Gang, what does Abram not see in his lifetime? A big nation, let alone What? What was that? 
Oh, okay, thank you. A healthy family, right? Um, even a healthy family would have been nice, right? Uh, right? We don't even get to, I want to suggest, a nation. Meaning I want to suggest the words God says here to Abram are for when? Louder, please. Later? Yeah. Future. Ah, meaning this is not, again, gang, all about who, if I'm hearing these words and I'm Abram. It's not all about me. It's about the sacred future. And that goes far beyond my lifetime. Right? Because the big, large nation, unfortunately, Abraham won't necessarily get to see that. And yet one of the hardest things to do, I think, as we're walking to ourselves, walking to who God has created us to be, one of the things that I think we want more than anything is to what? To see it. It's just that sometimes we do Right? But sometimes in Scripture we see we don't. And yet I want to suggest it doesn't mean what? Ah, it does not mean we failed. Right? It doesn't mean it's not worth it. And what does it mean to live walking to who God has created us to be, not necessarily thinking about our own lives, not even just thinking about the present tense day, but to have that kind of eternal, intergenerational view of life? Louder, please. Faith. Okay, well, oh, yeah, okay. Um, faith, because it's a little too much fun to resist temptation. I can't resist temptation very well. Um, uh, faith. So if we think about the word faith, the word faith, right, in Hebrew is the word emunah. Emunah. Usually sounds like E-M-M-U-N-A-H, emunah. And emunah means faith. It's just that this is one, another one of those words that has a root. Um, anyone want to guess what the root of the word faith is in Hebrew? And I guarantee you, y'all have just said it today if you said most of some of the stuff that was on the screen today. Um, anyone want to guess what the word is? Amen. Exactly right. Amen. Um, emunah, the root of this word emunah, is literally amen. And amen in Hebrew literally means to confirm or to support or as we'll say, so be it, right? But when I'm saying amen, I'm really saying I confirm, I support that, and that's actually the root of the word faith. Now, where this gets to be a whole other level of fun um, is there's another word in Hebrew, um, the word emet. Emet, usually like E-M-E-T, emet. And emet means truth. Truth. But emet um, also has a root. And anyone want to guess what that root of the word emet is? Y'all just said it. Amen. 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 Therefore, actually, the word truth and faith have what? The same exact root. Meaning, and this is one of those things that actually, you know, Heschel's quote on page one uh, is just, again, so fitting. And that... Nowadays, oftentimes, particularly uh, in mainstream parts of society, right, we'll say things like, faith is what kind of stuff? What do you say? Future. Future. What was the other word here? Spiritual. spiritual. Oh, okay. That's spiritual, future-y stuff that includes who? God and all that religious kind of stuff, right? That's faith. Meaning it's not stuff that you can really what? 
prove, right? It's not necessarily provable or scientific or quantifiable. That's the faith stuff people say. Truth, though, truth is what? Fact. And truth are things that you can what? Prove. They're also what? Tangible, right? You can hold them, you can touch them, you can see them, you can taste them, you can smell them. Those things, those things are true. But actually, the whole concept of truth and faith can't really be what? You just can't separate them. The notion of faith and truth being these separate worlds, these separate entities that have no connection or no intersection, um, faith and truth literally have the same root. And therefore, there's a common turn of phrase nowadays where people say something like, well, that's just my what? Truth. And you have your, and you have your, and you have your, and we all have each our own truth. But I want you to just, really, when we're saying that, like on a deep level, what we're talking about is our perspective, or our opinion, or our experience. And all of those things, as we talked about earlier, right, totally valid. It's not trying to say not to that, right? But when we're talking about those things are really perspective, experience, opinion. But truth, truth is what? Louder, please? Objective, right? And truth, real truth, belongs to who? God, right? Meaning truth is not something you can just kind of say, oh, this is true or that's true or that, right? And when I'm saying my truth, I'm also really saying my what? In Hebrew. Louder. My faith, and therefore I'm saying my truth, my faith is actually in who? Ah, when I say my truth, ah, right, I want to say I'm saying my faith is in me. My truth is in me. And that's really putting myself where? First, and even more, kind of in the place of who? God. Right? And I was just, this is one of those hardest things if we think about what it means right, to walk this out with God, to walk to ourselves, to really have faith in the truth of what I heard. Walk to yourself. Walk to who God has created you to be, having faith in the truth of what he's told us. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that we can gather here today. We are so grateful to you for the gift of you, for all that you give us, for all that you provide, for all that you show and all that you reveal. Lord God, we are so eternally grateful. In those spaces when it feels hard and dark, when it feels like we're far away, Lord God, I pray that we know you so deeply and intimately, that we feel your presence Lord God, thank you that we can be together in this space. In your name we pray.